0: It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullenack and J.C. Sherbert.
1: So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well,
0: but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil.
1: Get that extra crow in there man <laughs> cold open like a podcast good morning everybody there we go <laughs> we lost jc there everybody but well, that's all right coming at you today no guests but uh, still got a packed in show and soon as jc comes back we'll get that rolling gonna hit a lot of the mailbag uh, i help consulting mailbag and nana's porch chat box today uh got some uh coming off of a roller coaster wednesday but that's all right we'll uh we'll hash it out here in just a second
2: yeah sorry sorry about that i think the internet at my house kind of
1: cocked, uh, <laughs>
2: cocked out on us um i need to send out a memo to the people that i'm here with uh uh the fiance works from home uh this day and, and our oldest is here he streams a lot so maybe maybe we need to Clear the internet channels a little bit while we're doing it here. Anyway, welcome man, in. Was guys. Welcome.
1: Just call Matthew Odom, man. That's not uh,
2: where you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, you're called Matthew Odom at Heritage Digital. Thanks for joining us. Hour number one uh, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, Callwell Banker Kane in the upstate. Please uh, take advantage of her services. No guests today. So, what we're going to do, we're going to have a highly interactive show, hit them on a number of topics, going to hit the Nana's Ports chat line. Uh, also going to hit the in uh, the inside the game cracks the I help consulting mailbag, uh, so send in your emails to inside the game at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter, and we will uh, be glad to uh, to uh, you know converse with you i'm sorry i'm a little frazzled but by the opener there i was like oh god <laughs> I, I looked and i pulled up because i usually just listen to it and then i look back on my stream yards uh because we, we always think on stream yard right and it's uh i can see myself and stuff uh and i usually don't look at it you know because i'm i'm kind of looking at information and stuff getting getting ready for the show during the o- intro mm-hmm. uh and i look and i pulled it up and Phil starts talking and I'm talking into the mic, right? And so I look and there's all these X's and stuff all over. And I'm like, oh my God. I <laughs> oh, no, oh, I know. What, what's the deal?
1: Looked like you were muted and then all of a sudden you were gone. And I'm like, Well, we'll get him back.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. a big deal, you know. It, it, it's pretty good. But um, you know, anyway, welcome in. Uh, you know, yesterday, uh, as Phil touched on while he was kind of saving me there, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, or I talked about today on the morning monologue, which by the way, the morning monologue is, is just me, uh, 15 to 20 minutes every morning. Just for I felt like since we had a different time of the show, uh, and then sometimes you know, we run into some snags and it won't be that way, uh, often again, but we run into some snags getting it up on podcast uh, format. Uh, and, and some people like to listen on their way to work on their commute, you know, so I was like, well. Uh, probably give them just a little something, something, right.
3: <laughs>
2: and, uh, you know, and so that's the morning monologue and it's only available in podcast format. So you have to get it on, uh, iTunes, Apple pods, uh, Spotify. Uh, we're also on audible for those of you that like audio books. I know I listen to audio books a lot, but, uh, Dang, that's not everybody's cup of tea, right? You know, so. so but is that, it
1: reading or is it not, JC? Is audible reading or not?
2: <laughs> I think it's learning by osmosis. I go to sleep listening to it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and have weird dreams, you know, because your your mind will pick up on what they're saying, and you'll like like I was reading. I usually listen to books about politics, and I was sitting there going, the other day, I, I felt like I was like in the Oval Office. Advising something like George W. Bush on some—I don't know—it was weird. It was a, it was like Bush book, so you know it was like, yeah, Al Qaeda, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, it evildoers. was uh, evil, evil doers. But uh, that was uh, that was good there. So um, yeah, so we're on Audible too, uh, if you want to uh, check out the morning monologue. And the topic of that was uh, the day that was yesterday, and we're going to get to that uh, here in a little bit. I want to give you our poll question. It's available on the bigspur.com. It's available on Twitter. It's also available on the YouTube page um, in various formats, because some of these poll uh, programs don't let you give, uh, but a certain amount of answers. So which team on the 2022 schedule has the scariest offense for the Gamecocks to face? Uh, And I included Georgia state, (laughs) Uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Georgia, Texas, A&M or other. Uh, so I'd love to hear your take on what what offense out there scares you. I know Tennessee's probably going to be uh, – last I checked, it was the overwhelming choice. Um, you know, as Phil mentioned, no guests today. We're just going to chat it up. This will be something that is a l- little different than J.B. and Goldwater. Um, there will be times Phil and I just take the show and go with it, um, you know, rather than have guests. And it's not that we can't find guests or don't want guests or we don't love our guests. And we're going to have plenty of guests, a whole heck of a lot more uh, than we had you know, when I was just doing the pod by myself and talking for an hour. Uh, but what we'll have is, uh, you know, some days where it's just going to be interactive where we want to interact with you guys. Uh, obviously, the feedback's been don't take calls, so we won't. But I'm still <laughs> kicking around that whiner line, the idea where people call in and vent uh, or whatever, especially, you know, maybe the day when we were, you know, on like a Monday or something during the season, we're reviewing the game. But we're, we're figuring all that out, so it'll be really, really good.
1: Yeah, if we um, get that going, I might even participate in calling in there when you know. Yeah. <laughs> late I, 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 one Saturday I, I, evening. You I, I, never know. I, 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 don't
2: don't don't put it past me to call my own chat line. Right, right, right. I'll definitely do that. So go vote in the poll. It's uh it's on Twitter, like I said, at the Big Spur Pod. It's on the bigspur.com. Uh you don't have to be a member to vote in the poll. I don't think there. It's also here on the YouTube page. Uh and, and so we'll go from there. Um, and Phil, so tell everybody. Uh, we know the Nana Sports chat box is already lively right now, but tell oh, everybody yeah. how, to, how to get into the I help consulting mailbag.
1: So the iHelp consulting mailbag, you can either tweet at us at, uh, at the big spur pod on Twitter, or you can also reach us at inside the at gmail.com.
2: Yeah. I've been getting a, a lot of those, uh, overnight or whatever. All right, let's get to the nitty gritty. So the ESPNU special last night, Phil, um, yeah, man. I watched it. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I, you know, I learned some things uh, about about some of the players. The one thing that stood out for me is is a guy that just loves football and and players and kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, evaluating players. Uh, The Marshawn Lloyd spin move cut run that he made in the spring game. Uh, w- when I watched it on TV and you watched the highlights uh, on TV of the broadcast, you know the the, the announcers were kind of going, wow, it's unbelievable Un- unreal run there. Um, an unreal spin moving cut. Uh, and I thought it was an impressive play too, but the low angle on this uh, welcome home special last night was unreal. I mean I, I, I it took my opinion as far as like his upside, uh, which is already high. I mean, I, I'm not one that gives up on guys after a year like some folks out there. But uh, I uh, seeing that w- was unbelievable. I mean, I, 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 the low angle just kind of takes you into a different spot with that particular spring game playing out. It's a spring game, you know. I I forgot who was playing defensive end that he, you know. Whoever that guy was, just got left in his tracks.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah. It was a learning opportunity for that guy.
2: Yeah. Learning opportunity. <laughs> get, get him some Gatorade, pat him on the back, you know. Right.
1: But Send I, I, out I there. yeah.
2: <laughs> I look at it, it's like Marshawn Lloyd was a borderline five star prospect for a reason. He was a guy that Georgia and everybody else in the country wanted for a reason. Uh, he did have an ACL injury, and we saw the tape of that. And that was freaky. I saw that, Phil. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at that point, if our Will Muschamp, I'd have probably just thrown in the towel. I mean, that's just it was just a bizarre play. There was you nobody get, around yeah. it.
1: And when it's no contact like that, you, you just automatically assume the worst. At least I do from what my experience has been. Um, mm-hmm. I've blown an ACL before and it was mm-hmm. a no contact kind of deal. Just you go one way and the knee says no.
2: No. No. Ah, and you know, and people forget he was gonna start. Uh, for the Gamecocks over Kevin Harris uh, as a true freshman, and so you know, and I, then I thought last year he was a, kind of a victim of circumstance in a lot of ways. Never could really, really quite get going. I, I think there's a difference. Some people are like, "Well, he's has." No, well, I think there's a difference between being hesitant and being indecisive. And I talked about that today on, on the morning monologue. Uh, and I would I would say indecisive. And then it seemed like every time he'd have a big play. Somebody miss a block, blow him up, and and, and and he fumbled sometimes, right? But um my feeling on that was nobody can take shots like that and realistically expect a whole football. I mean, he he took harder hits than maybe Marcus Lattimore did as a freshman, and and I think we'd all agree Marcus took a lot of big hits. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I victim of circumstance to a certain extent, and then you know, heading into the bowl game, he uh had his best well, – what I what I was told was one of his best weeks of practice ever, um, was going to get some carries, obviously, because the Quandre wide opted out. Uh, and then I think he tweaked his hamstring, you know, right before the ball. <laughs> Just a, un, an unfortunate uh, 2021 for Marshawn Lloyd. But you hear people talk. You hear Shane Bieber say he's on a mission. You hear uh, – you, you saw everything uh, in the special last night about him overcoming and, and all that, and he's built like a tank. Uh, how many clips in high school – did he hurdle the defender?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: you know, the, this guy, and I don't think we talk about it enough. And, um, you know, one of our more, um, I don't want to say uh, negative or positive, because I hate labeling uh, posters like that on the message board, one of the more uninformed folks uh, started talking about how, oh, for the last, this is how you know somebody's uninformed. Because uh, if they say the last two years have proven that Juju McDowell and uh Marshawn uh, is better than Marshawn Lloyd. I'm like, well, neither one Juju was in high school two years ago. Right. <laughs> and Marshawn had an ACL. So what kind of comparison did you get from that? Uh and and I don't I don't, you know, hey Juju McDowell pound for pound may be a better player. Don't get me wrong. Um and, and I'm not trying to 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 bench him or, or limit him from getting carries because the guy Every time he touches the ball, makes something happen, right? Um, but they're different players. I mean, they're, they're different uh, types uh, of backs, and they have different skill sets. I, I think I think what you do is, you you know, you run Marshawn between the tackles or to the outside at times, and then, you know, Juju's your perimeter threat along with maybe Dante Miller. Um, and Juju's also going to be your kickoff return. He's also going to play some in the slot. I mean, using him like they did in the bowl game, Phil, to me uh, is the smart way to go with Juju and I have more confidence now than maybe at any point I've always been a Marshawn Lloyd guy I've always thought well you know some of the things that have happened to him really aren't on him uh they're not indicative Mm -hmm. of his upside or his ability uh it's you know sometimes you got to work your way back and
1: um, And Juju I mean just got the versatility to to really confuse some defenses, uh, especially if you start going against tendencies and play calling where it's like, okay, we're expecting some zone read stuff with him or, you know, a wheel route out of the backfield. You can run in between the tackles. He's going to get there. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the uh, touchdown
2: against Florida from the Wildcat, I thought, was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Juju can run it. I mean, outside the outside zone, I think, is bread and butter. You know, I, th- I think the little flare pass they threw in the bowl, which actually counted as a rushing – uh rushing yardage because behind the line of scrimmage. Um if Carolina can get a blocking on the perimeter, man, he can he can really make some things happen. Uh a kick return too. Now, you know, you got to actually have the ball kicked to you to be a good kick return. Uh which <laughs> didn't happen a lot last year. It seemed like everybody kicked it in the end zone. But uh I, I'm there for that. But I, I now after watching Lloyd Phil, you know, I think number one he's got, you know, in his mind he's got a lot to prove. Uh, and I and I think too it, it's time for him to be the starting running back at the University of South Carolina, which is what he came to South Carolina to do. Um, he's got a world of talent. Uh, I I think that after kind of digging back into that play and sort of looking at how he looked uh, in the spring game, and also uh, looking at uh, kind of the feedback that I've gotten uh, from the coach from the my contacts, right. Uh, I think he's ready to be number one. And I think you got a heck of a backup in Christian Beale Smith.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Number
2: two. I also think that uh, with Juju, Dante, they can hit the perimeter. Uh, and then you got a big back like Rashad Amos, who I think is going to play a role this season as well. We've talked about how to use the running backs and all that. Um, so I'm not going to rehash that discussion to be repetitive. But I do think that Marshawn Lloyd, you know, just kind of adding two and two together. Uh, is probably a guy that we're not talking about as much uh, because we were talking about him two years ago and then talk, talking about him again last year. And then, uh, you know, 200-something yards, whatever, had a big, couple big plays here and there. I think he's probably ready to roll. Uh, and I think that uh, you combine that with a retooled receiving room with Spencer Rattler quarterback. And and, and I think it, it all leads to this. Everybody's just praying, hey, I uh, hope the offensive line
1: <laughs> yeah. Gets that push that we know they should be able to right yeah yeah, lives yeah. Up to that.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah and so getting back to the special last night they it kind of ended abruptly uh and they kind of teased the next episode i think uh there's gonna be some line, offensive linemen featured in the next episode but i i felt like it was an overwhelmingly positive uh showcase uh for the south Carolina football program during a day where like, like we said it was kind of a roller coaster day starting with the uh, you know the basketball injury going right on through to recruiting.
1: Right. Oh yeah, yeah, the Deba injury, uh, you know, losing what uh what's his name? Jaden Jayden Robinson. Yeah. Robinson, Robinson, yeah. I keep wanting to say Williams for whatever reason, but uh you know, it was good to shine a nice light on the program. And, and anytime you can get positive, you know, or even neutral uh marketing is really what it is. Uh, it, it, it's going to create and and further that hype. It's going to keep your relevance up nationally, which is important, especially for recruits. Um, so it's just interesting to 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 go on that ride yesterday with the positive and negative. But hey, you know we're Gamecock fans, man. That's what happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, 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 and I mentioned it earlier. I was like, you know, that's life. That's football. That's how football games unfold at times. You know, you have your ups and downs. Your oh crap moments and then you have your uh oh wow moments and stuff and then you know it, it just kind of happens that way and one thing Shane Beamer said uh, in the special last night that I thought was very interesting and a, a pretty solid coaching tactic right uh, because uh, I think a lot of coaches are very structured you know they, they're like okay well this is what we do on Thursdays, this is what we do on Wednesdays is what we do this day and we're going to do it over and over and over, over again uh, he said look we're going to change things up a little bit every single day and not get in this habit of doing the same thing every day. He so said, because football games don't go that way. You know, football games uh, can – everyone's different. Every moment's different. Every quarter at times is different. Um, you know, and and, and the, the key to winning football, I think, uh, besides things like talent and coaching and all that, um, mentally, I think, is how you respond. You know, it's not necessarily what happens because adversity is going to hit, but it's how you respond. And, and I thought, you know, the, the idea of, you know, adversity and all that good stuff, uh, taking, you know, putting them through adversity, you know, uh, I, I guess daily because they didn't know what to expect. Uh, and then there was that whole, uh, Going out in the middle of nowhere and, and doing military style training, uh, <laughs> uh, like grit night or something like that.
1: Yeah, I loved um, watching the team building exercises like that. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, yeah, those are awesome.
2: Yeah, hide and go seek as well. You know, I was like, that's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, and you're um, right there at Fort Jackson, so use it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, uh, you know, throwing adversity at a team. Uh, Number one, it gets them to kind of bond in the offseason. Number two, it gets them ready mentally for what inevitably is going to happen when you play in this league, man. There's not a team on the planet that does not face some sort of adversity every single year, Georgia, Alabama included. Uh, Alabama last year had a lot of close games. People don't realize it because, you know, same old, same old, they go to Atlanta and and thump Georgia before the rematch. But uh, look, man, they almost lost to LSU. <laughs> With a dead dead man walking as a coach, they almost lost to Arkansas, uh, and they sure as heck almost lost to Auburn. I mean, that was Auburn had them uh, the season. You know, I was getting texts from Alabama friends going, "Ah, this is just a down year for the yep, Tide." Or whatever. It's over,
1: yeah. Mm-mm-mm.
2: It's over. They lost a and I mean, you know, Alabama faced adversity. And, and you know, I, and I think all the adversity they faced during the regular season had them prepared when they played Georgia the, the first time. And really the second two, uh, Now that Georgia wouldn't have ultimately won that football game, Phil, but Bama had them kind of on the ropes. And uh, it was kind of – you kind of saw the Georgia players going, here we go again.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. And then
2: all of a sudden uh, more receivers got hurt. Uh, and then the biggest significant thing was – uh, a corner for Bama got hurt, and Todd Monken from Georgia knew exactly who was in the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Draw it uh, up. Okay, yeah.
2: Love the matchup, and boom, Stetson Bennett to I think I think Burton, who is now ironically at Alabama, I think,
1: uh, mm.
2: for the touchdown. It may not have been. It may not have been Burton. I, I don't remember exactly the guy that called it. But look, you face adversity, uh, and adversity comes in different forms, and I, I think that. Uh, just hearing Beamer say that and then looking at some of the things they did uh, during the special that, that, you know, we knew about, but, you know, you, you see it on broadcast and, you're like, and you hear something like that from what Beamer said because I didn't know that, uh, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I just think that uh, there's a lot of uniqueness with how Beamer and Luke Day and Derek Moore and and, and sort of his off-the-field staff, uh, how much how they approach you know, the team building, the culture building in the off season. Uh, and, and that's, that's really a smart, unique thing. Uh, I
1: thought, well, not to be yeah. Honest. And it speaks to, uh, you know, what Beamer said before is that, you know, we're trying to create maturity within them individually too. So it was like, you actually get to see how they're building, not just the football culture itself, but turning these, you know, basically boys into, you know, grown men and mature people.
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm with you right there. Definitely with you right there. And that's uh they've got an older football team for the most part. You do have some young guys that are gonna have to play some key roles. You have some new faces. Uh, but it seems like uh, you know, you combine that with uh what Jamie Bradford said about Spencer Rattler yesterday, uh about him uh earning, you know, already having the respect uh, of his teammates, um, which I think was something people questioned. You know what South Carolina, you know, because you you can have a guy come in, like Jamie mentioned, and, and especially that spot. Uh, and if he's a prima donna, it can ruin your entire team chemistry. It's the most important uh group on the field or position on the field. Um, I remember when uh Ed Orger run signed Brent Schaefer at Old Miss. <laughs> uh, kid wasn't really a leader, you know, really good, talented guy, but bridge Brent Schaefer, I think they didn't win an SEC game that year. So uh, and I think I mentioned that yesterday. So it's uh it's one of those things where I think, as far as the culture building of the program, uh, you know, anybody that worried about Rattler coming in and not being a team guy, uh, I think that's been put to bed, uh, you know. I, and I think are those types of things, Phil, uh, going to get you a, a first down on fourth and inches against Georgia inside their territory? Nah, that takes well,
1: not necessarily, but you nah, know that's, what, that's, Casey, that could be worth a win, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be, be worth an entire win, yeah. you know, put the team on your back. If you're, you know, down, you got, you know, like a two-minute drive or something like that. There's a lot of trust that goes into that. And yeah. if they feel like you can get behind you, then, yeah, it can earn you a win. Yeah,
2: and I think on the road, too, because th- this team does have a lot to prove road game-wise. W- when you go and you face that adversity on the road, and last year in a lot of games, things snowballed on South Carolina. I mean, early Tennessee, Texas A&M. Uh, Georgia, they hung in for a little bit, you know, they snowballed kind of uh methodically against Clemson. Uh, Missouri, even, you know, in South Carolina, actually got off to a good start against Missouri. Then that adversity hit, I think, it's Marshawn Lloyd was in the backfield, somebody missed a dang block. And right, you know, yeah. it, instead of going up, you know, two scores, I, I think Carolina could have gone up two scores or at least gone up one, or, or you know, here Missouri gets the ball back. Missouri keeps the momentum till there's like six minutes to go, and it's 31-14 Missouri, and you know Carolina had a shot at the end. And blah blah blah. Don't want to talk about that game anymore. Uh, you know, so that, that those were all things that stood out to me. Uh, on top of the the Jamie Bradford uh, comments about Rattler, and I kind of make you know, mesh that together and have a little bit more of a positive feeling about the season. I think along and along, uh, everybody kind of gets this way. You get closer to kickoff people get either more positive or negative depending on how fall camp's going uh, and the opponent a lot of times. Uh, so, so that was good and, and I'll go ahead and mention the bad. We're going to go through all that too. Uh, we mentioned uh, Deba getting hurt the basketball player out for the season. That stinks. Uh, game have 11 scholarship guys, you know, cause they were at 12 with one extra and then I got two with, with this guy being out. Um, two walk-ons, uh, Boynton and I think four Cooper still a walk-on on the team. But, uh, you know, I, I, you start getting down to like 11 scholarship guys and you, you start thinking, well, you know, Lamont Paris isn't going to have a very deep bench and, you know, all that good stuff. So that's A, and that was the first thing that happened. And then right before the special, Jaden Robinson, four-star linebacker from Lake City, Columbia in Florida, he decommits. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and that stunk. But then, out of nowhere, uh, Carmelo Taylor, the big four star or the, the fast four star receiver uh, from Roanoke, Virginia, commits to Penn State. Out of nowhere, that, I, every staff involved with his recruitment, including Penn State's, was sh- stunned. You know, <laughs> it was expect the unexpected from him. But we're going to go through that, all that recruiting here in a second. Got to get in on the Nana's Sports chat box. We really appreciate you guys getting in today on the chat box. We're going to be completely interactive here on a guest-free Thursday. So uh, thanks to Josh and Dexter and Craig uh, for all chiming in with good morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Marion. Uh, Joseph chimes in uh, with a question. He says, is "That is it a really big deal that Jaden flipped? We play mainly two linebackers. I feel that with Westmoreland and Blanton and the addition of Pup Howard, the future of the room is in good shape. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I think a lot of times in recruiting, when we follow it, we cover it, we have blinders on. Uh, And I kind of wish they would um, maybe judge recruiting over the course of two, three years and look at it uh, sometimes, but they don't. That's not how they do it. Fans wouldn't like that. They don't want to wait, you know, uh, 54 months to, to know where their re- team's recruiting, right? That's a yeah, long. Right,
1: yeah, yeah, we so need that instant gratification. Yeah. That's yeah. an
2: eternity these days. So, uh, uh, yeah. And look, Westmoreland was probably better than they thought uh, in the spring. Uh, Stone Blanton has been one of the most impressive guys that arrived this summer. Uh, so you got to like those guys. Um, you know, Muhammad Cabo will probably, you know, barring like a crazy good, all SEC type of All American year. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he'll probably be back. You still have Debo Williams. You still have Bam Martin Scott. Um, you have some walk ons that look pretty good. I think so. It's uh, it, it's one of those things where I think linebacker will be in good shape. I do think they need to continue to get guys. You know, I I, I think Pup Howard right now is going to be a big linebacker, but we don't know how he's going to grow. Uh, he's already two hundred thirty pounds. So, if, if if he gets up to 255, um, looking at the skill set, it's probably gonna go to edge, you know, unless he can maintain his lateral ability at that weight. Um, but it, you know, is it a big deal that Jaden Robinson flipped other than hey, he's a heck of a prospect? Um, you know, and hey, it would have been nice to beat Florida on a kid from Lake City, Columbia. Um, I, I don't think it's program devastating. I mean, I, I think if he were an in-state kid, flip to Florida, from and he's from South Carolina. You know that's a little bit more of a wake-up call. So um, Marion says he listens uh, on his five-hour mail route, delivering mail and packages. All those Amazon packages they don't deliver. So Marion getting uh, getting after it, man. That's good. My dog probably wouldn't like you, but I'm sure there's plenty of dogs that don't. Uh, you know, have something against people in your line of work. Yeah, that's
1: right. yeah. you're not a fan favorite in Montana. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh,
2: but, but we <laughs> we love it when you listen. Uh Will chimes in and talks about uh, the the poll question about the scary offense Tennessee overall, but UGA's tight end room is the scariest position group. It's a it's a very uh, high upside uh, uh, position group. So uh, I, I I will agree with you there. Craig says. Phil still has Tennessee averaging 45 points per game this year. Probably. I mean, I,
1: yeah. 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 The, the speed, answer, offense, uh, tempo. Yeah. It yeah. could happen.
2: It, it's, yeah. And, and I think, too, just, uh, you know, Josh Heupel with the way, like, they played so fast last year. I mean, it was, it was way more of a, you can kind of see the Jeff Levy, Art Browse influence. It was way different than the offensive, uh, Game plans he had in Oklahoma and Missouri as a coordinator. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Craig says, Lloyd's running style seems conducive to a knee injury. Don't
1: say that, Craig. No, yeah, come on, Craig. <laughs> well, <it's>
2: jump, <laughs> jump, start, stop style. But he's always run like that and only had the one injury. Really hope he has a great year. I agree. WTS says, I want to see a game where Lloyd gets 20 touches. Get him lathered up. Let him work. Let him eat. Let right. Let
1: him I hear. like that. too. Yeah. That would not hurt my feelings.
2: Mm-mm. Craig comes in. Uh, Oh, by the way, congrats to Mike. You've a yep. uh, Columbia media personality moving back to Boston, where he's from to cover the new England Patriots. So I always knew Mike had a bright future, uh, probably beyond the South Carolina market. So, uh, that does not surprise me one bit. I'm sure he, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll be missed. I think around town, uh, Good guy, too. Already exchanged text messages with him. Uh, Clint says, Yeah, the Lloyd spin move was pretty crazy from that vantage point. We'll be cheering for him big time this season. Jeffrey just says, Go, Cox. Uh, Josh has an any given Sunday quote It's a
1: game <laughs> of it. It's
2: a game, it's a game, game of games. it. That's all it is. <laughs> when, he, when he says, That's all it is, that, that gives me cheer, chill bumps a little bit. <laughs> um, WTS says you're going to recruit highly rated prospects from out of state. You're going to win some, lose some. Carmelo Taylor—that's part of it. Reality. Um, all the college football shows I watch, Jeffrey says, are high on the Gamecocks this season. So am I. And that's something interesting that I, I want to talk about later. Uh, and me and Phil and I are going to do a little buying and selling with the coaches poll <laughs> top twenty. Is that I, I think ultimately there's two great football teams this year. Alabama and Ohio State, and then everybody else, yeah, eh,
1: <laughs> There's eh. potential, but question marks. Yeah, right going there, there, a there, lot of these, especially there, the big names. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's like you know, there's there's warts on everybody. Mitch says, uh, "How many days? De- how many de- days does the basketball team have to practice? How many does the basketball? Oh, how many ba- does the basketball team have to practice? Uh Thirteen. Uh, yep. You know, they have two walk-ons, eleven scholarship." Clint says he doesn't think uh, Robinson's a huge loss. Dre has fan day become a thing of the past. Well, they stopped it during uh, COVID. I don't remember what they did last year, but uh, we were still kind of in the COVID deal last year. So, anyway, uh, Mitchell also adds to be a good article and podcast show to look back on each recruiting class and grade it three years out, maybe every July. Yeah, probably so. And, uh, Marion responds, dogs do hate those white mail trucks. <laughs> yeah, my, my dog like hates golf carts for some reason. It was like crazy. Cause when I first got him, um, he didn't say he didn't bark or anything like the first two weeks, right? Just, uh, then started wagging his tail. Uh, and then, um, one day we're just sitting out on the porch in Nashville, I lived in Nashville at the time. He was a Tennessee, he's a Tennessee dog. Uh, a golf cart, the maintenance man comes buzzing by. And I live on a third floor apartment and he just goes ballistic. Like, <laughs> hair stand up on the back of his head. Uh, so anytime I saw a golf cart, you know, even while I was walking, and nowadays too, it, so uh, I'll never live on a golf course as long as I have read the dog. So, you know, <laughs> um, you know so uh, that's that. All right, up against a break, bottom of the hour. We'll be back with more from the Nana Sports chat line. Uh, going to talk uh, a little bit more in-depth about these recruits. Uh, also going to get into some other topics, uh, college football, uh, Justin step, um, and some other things that uh, we've got on our mind right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a diehard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker King.
0: Gamecocks.
3: How can I help you?
2: Attention, golfers of all ages and skill sets! Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity if you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing. Speaking right. of Meredith Taylor, she will be our guest tomorrow, uh, second hour. She's going to join us weekly to talk golf. That's not a subject I know a whole lot about. I'm hoping Phil maybe knows a little more. Yeah. than
1: A little bit. We're going to rely on Meredith on that, yeah. though. <laughs> we're
2: we're going to definitely wing it. Got some good bio notes today that she sent in, so lots to talk about uh, Meredith today. I, I think all Gamecocks out there are pretty much very proud of her uh and all that she's accomplished and also not not only that you know she's been featured on a lot of different shows including jb and goldwater to talk football to talk golf uh and i just think it's really exciting knowing that you know even though i need to kind of well go get some clubs and learn how to play again I hadn't played in about 20 years i love it i love to play it just got to be time consuming and uh my buddies that i played with that were just as terrible as i, I was they, they kind of We we kind of went our separate ways in terms of where we lived, the out-of-state and stuff like that. Um, By the way, if anybody out there is listening that is my buddy and wants to throw me a bachelor party, don't do like another friend of mine uh, and and say, hey, let's go play 18 holes on a college football game day because I'll miss miss (laughs) my own bachelor party at that point. Uh,
1: You're not showing up to that, man. (laughs) that,
2: uh, That is a very bad idea, very bad, you know.
1: I have a cousin who I think is actually trying to have a wedding on a Saturday here upcoming in the fall and uh, she's a Georgia fan. So they're probably are planning it around that open date, but you know, it may not catch Phil there. <laughs> just, uh,
2: I'm just like, man, I, uh, last time I went to a wedding and I, and I had to go cause this guy's a good friend of mine. You were there, Phil.
1: Oh yes. We remember very well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I'll just say this. How's that one working out? <laughs> <laughs> Not too good. Uh, this, is, this is what you get for getting married during the fall. Um yeah, flashing the pan, yeah. <laughs> 2019 during the Missouri game. Um and so I'm sitting there sweating it the whole week. I'm like, well, if it's a noon kickoff, I'll get to see the whole game. If it's a uh if it's a uh, you know seven PM kickoff, we'll get to uh we'll get to, you know, maybe miss thirty minutes but get, go back. You watch the game you know instead instead I uh <laughs> I ended up um, you know missing the half of the game and so they exchanged vows and uh we're walking 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 you were there with me Phil oh yeah uh, we were walking to the uh to the to the wedding or whatever and Carolina scores start the second half and, and ironically in all of this it's like a weird dream because Mike Morgan is actually in Columbia, Missouri, calling the game, <laughs> and uh, we all know Mike, right? So um, it, uh, so that was the bizarre part about it. So we're walking, walking, walking. I'm watching it on my phone. They and we
3: exchange- were late to
1: the wedding.
2: <laughs> we, we, we were late. They were down the aisle, right? They were down the aisle because it's in Spartanburg, right next to the Mar- You know, I don't want to say too much about it, since I, you
1: know, right, yeah. right, yes,
2: that something mean. Um, you know, and uh so so walking down the aisle, and um, or there were they've already walked down the aisles, they exchanged vows. Luckily, it was not a Catholic wedding. Uh it was like a good old Baptist quickie, and uh and so a Baptist quickie that there, there's all kinds of definitions for that one, I guess. I don't know, that should have that's kind of weird, but uh so we got a quickie, good barbecue, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm sitting there, and right after they kissed the bride. Ryan Halinski throws a 100-yard pick six and essentially ends the football game because, you know, Carolina cut it 17-14. Missouri scores 24-14. Holinsky drives on the offense starts picking up. They go right back down the field. You know, they, even if they kick the field goal, it's still a one-touchdown game, and you face some adversity. And uh, I, I, You know, people talk about the, the Jordan Birch play call as being one of the worst play calls ever. Um, I don't know that that pass against Missouri or the RPO or whatever, uh, why did you give that kid the option to pass from the three-yard line? Uh, Because even even if you run up the middle twice, that's an 18-yard field goal. You're only down one score. Instead, it goes the other way. Missouri wins 31-14. So that is my memory of having a wedding to go to on a game day. Um, and it's just awful, awful, you know, <laughs> on a game day, on a Carolina game day. Uh, my, one of my friends got married on college football Saturday in 01, but I was lucky the Gamecocks game that week got moved. I was at Mississippi state game right after nine 11. So it was Thursday night. I was fine. And then my ex brother-in-law got married in Charleston during the football season in 07, but we were lucky again because they played Kentucky on a Thursday night at home. So I got to go oh. there. And I go there. Uh, so that's all good. Um, all right. So we, we got some celebrities on the Nana sports chat line that have, that have tuned in and they'll get some, some, emails real quick. Uh, Meredith uh, who's going to be on with us tomorrow. And we had that up never schedule yep. a wedding during <laughs> football season. Amen, amen, amen. And our buddy Josh Pate will tell you that. And I'm going to say this: you know, living in Chicago part of the time now, or most of the time, uh, it, it, they, they, that, that's a foreign language to these guys. They schedule JV football games at the high school level on Saturdays.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Come right,
2: on. Right during the dang dang game day kickoff. You know, but God forbid. But if you schedule it on Sundays when the Bears, right. Bears were playing, they, they would raise hell. So, uh, I, I it's just weird to me. I'm like, you, you, what you because you, uh, the youngest is, is playing JB football this year, and it's like, um, your, your schedule, it uh, your schedule, Cole. All your games are on Saturdays, right? On Saturdays,
1: I, that I, yeah. I don't understand that for Christ oh, I'm and I'm like,
2: dude, why, why, you know, and then I'm like. <laughs> Maybe they're, like, youth league in on Saturday mornings, and that's fine. No, no, right there. You know, SEC going up against the SEC Network. Um, so, you're right about that. Meredith, uh, Belmont Gamecock, VJ, comes in. This is my wife, compromised with me on the wedding date. 10 uh, 19 was a night game versus LSU and an open date during the honeymoon. We made sure it was on TV at the reception. Yeah, night games. Yeah. If you can get there by the kickoffs, like, at the reception, that's no problem. That's the but you but see they don't announce the TV schedule but 2 weeks before and you have schedule as I'm finding out the hard way here uh-huh. um you got to do all this stuff for a wedding months in advance um JB the great, the great one chimes in on the on the chat line he goes I'm going to Patrick Davis's wedding in North Georgia on our off weekend but agreed right okay. well look off weekends are fair game you know right uh, but then you're going to make somebody mad, like like Phil said. You're probably the open date for Georgia, but not <laughs> everybody else. No. Saunders says just figured out my found out my girlfriend's best friend is getting married on Clemson, Carolina weekend,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the biggest weekend of the year. <laughs> it's
2: the biggest weekend of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't do that. Um, I told her to count me out since I'll be coming down with a cold that weekend. Okay, so the uh, the 29th.
1: I'm already not feeling well that weekend.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to have to go ahead and you know, cancel out. All right. So I do have a story about that. I made the mistake in 2019. I was up here. I just moved up here of being good boyfriend. Right. It was before I was fiance.
1: The mistake of being good boyfriend.
2: <laughs> and her, her is the first time I met some of her Thai friends. Uh, and because she's, she's from Thailand originally uh, from back you know, way back when she was four. Uh, but she has, you know, there's a Thai community. And so they have what's called Friendsgiving, right? Friendsgiving. And that's, you know, Clemson, Carolina's Thanksgiving weekend. So everybody just, you know, oblivious to, to that. Uh, the Clemson, Carolina, they just go, oh, we're Friendsgiving. And they're like, okay, well, uh, you know.
1: Can How I- many TVs do you have? No.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It was a freaking dim sum in Chinatown. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> ironically three years later that's where i proposed but um, i so i go and i'm like um uh, you know it is so then so i said well count me in maybe kick off. now it's a new kickoff of course and friends at 11:30. 30. uh so no tvs i can't get any internet uh, other than the score updates you know like the stream on espn i can't watch anything uh they've never met me before I had no idea, like how emotionally absorbed I would be uh, at the beginning of that game. Now, right? By the, so by the time I got to the bar, the game was over. It <laughs> 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 was it twenty-four to three at halftime,
1: right? Right. Um,
2: you know, and uh, that's uh, that was crazy. So that's uh, that was my one uh, Clemson, Carolina interference. I will never do it again. Never never count me out friends giving drop me off at the tavern and i'll be uh i'll be here waiting on you honey next time waiting
1: on you when you're done yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> So
2: that's the only thing there uh so will says saturday what thursdays is for jv of course yeah
1: yeah man mm-hmm.
2: team usually plays thursdays or wednesdays i, mean, I don't know it was crazy because like the youth league teams like play at all kind they play at two o'clock in the afternoon on saturdays there's no respect for college football Saturday. And it's amazing to me because there's so many Notre Dame fans in Chicago. I mean, that live and breathe it. And you'd think that, oh, man, Notre Dame's playing, so maybe we shouldn't have a game right now, beef sandwich.
1: Uh, they take it for granted. They take <laughs> it, yeah, for yeah,
2: yeah, they do. but God forbid the Bears. You know, you, you don't. Nothing touches the Bears, man. Nothing touches the Bears. Uh, Kirk says my wife has dodged friends' we, weddings because of USC football. So I'm good. Kirk, you were married to a good woman. Please,
1: she is a good woman. Kirk,
2: <laughs> never gonna let her go. You're gonna hold her in your arms forever. Anyway. Uh Rodney says, Good morning, JC and Phil. My Uncle Pete's listening. He wanted to know can you impersonate the caller on USC calls that always see uh coach? We love you and glad you're here, but are you gonna throw the tight in? Uh yeah, that was actually an Alabama blogger um at uh <laughs> at SEC Media. That's why I don't go to Media Days anymore. It's like you know, tideproductions.com. And you yeah. never you've never heard of this blog before Media Days. Yeah, and he never heard from it since this guy just stands up. But but it's the same kind of stuff, you know. I mean, you'll hear guy folks call the USC college shows like, you know, it goes like this: there's an echo. Uh, Todd's like, "All right, let's go to uh, Peter and Barnwell." Hello, hello, Echo. Hello. <laughs> uh, Peter, can you turn down your uh, radio there? Hello, Todd. Peter, you're on with Coach Beaver.
1: How are you doing? Hello.
2: Hey, how are y'all? Pause. Coach, just want to say, we're so glad that you came to South Carolina. Uh, we love you. Pause. And waiting for him to say we love you, too. Or something. And, and then it goes into this whole rant about, I just don't understand, Coach, why, you know, we got some big old boys on our offensive line, but – they're out there playing powder puff football, and I, I just I just want to beat them Clemson Tigers, them taters. Oh, just want to beat them taters. <laughs> well, thanks, Peter, for your co- <laughs> And there's no freaking uh, context. It's just it's awful. God bless people that call that show. I I think some of them have the best intentions. I think some of them. Or, or having a laugh <laughs> or two.
1: Yeah, uh, I think and, some of those are, are staged or at least pre-planned for sure. Be, you know,
2: have hmm. to be. And then, and then some people just honestly won't turn their damn radio down. You know, it's honestly are right. not. They're not going to do it under any circumstances. So, well,
1: I won't be able to hear you. <laughs> you won't
2: be able to hear you. Um. <laughs> uh, so anyway Rodney, I, I I wrote that on the message on, on the vicksburg.com the whole joke about uh it, I went I embellished a little bit cuz like I said like the guy he's like you know grandma something about grandma worships Saban and and you know we don't even go to, <laughs> we don't even go to church anymore we just sit around y'all you know, roll tide all Sunday and you know and then it's like in her 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 foot's getting a lot better now it still stinks to death but it's it, the, the, the grout is, I mean I, I, I kind of embellished it. Was, I need to pull it up because it was funny um, Craig asked what time is McLeod committing tomorrow I have not looked up that I thought Hale said Saturday but honestly Craig I haven't looked at the site since we started doing this so
1: I haven't uh, Eric, I'll uh, see if I can't pull it up right
2: quick uh, Man, the, the nano's Sports chat box is on fire
1: today. Love it.
2: Thank you guys so much for that. Did want to give you a quick NIL update. Uh, CarolinaRise.com, we signed uh, Braylon Wimmer today from the baseball team. So uh, Braylon got a deal with us. Uh, we're excited about Braylon. I think uh, as far as being excited about baseball, um. You know, next year, I'm, I'm sure some are hesitant, but Braylon's pretty good, really good player and uh, could have gone pro and decided to come back and, and play for the Gamecocks uh, this spring. So, um, really excited uh, about that and uh, gonna have several baseball guys uh, be a part of Carolina Rise. A lot of football guys, uh, you know, GG Jackson with basketball, he won't be the last. Um, so please, if, if you want to get in right now, you get in for as low as 10 bucks a month. Uh, If you get it for 1801 a month, that's the 1801 club. You get a car magnet uh, entered into drawings. We're going to have some raffles coming up from some really good stuff uh, from the university and all that good stuff. Hour number two, we're going to talk about uh, this Clemson rant from Brandon Walker of (laughs) Marshall Sports. We can't play it, but I would want to play it yourself, but not if your kids are around. Josh, uh, I, I know you talked about your son listening. Don't let him listen to that because that that's a that's a big-time deal there. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, again, uh, our number one uh, powered by Cindy Foss realtor Caldwell, maker Kane, uh, out of Greenville. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little about Clemson Anonymous Twitter users uh, and some stuff like that. Um, the, all right, so the chat box question of the day, no trivia today. We're going to be selective when we do trivia because um, – some of it's easy, some of it's difficult. I need to try to stump you guys. You answered it in like 10 minutes yesterday. And by the way, Brandon, we got your package being sent to Myrtle Beach. Uh, put it out yesterday, so it should be there soon. So, the question of the day so, last year, Phil, Jalen Foster, Darius Rush. I don't think anybody would uh disagree, maybe Josh Van, too. You could throw in there that those guys, those two or three guys, were surprises. Um, I Go think I, I wrote a piece at the beginning of the year. That said if Josh Guy can get to 20 catches, that's a win. Uh, because that's the best he'd ever done. Uh he led the SEC in drops one year, blah, blah, blah. Uh came out, caught 43 balls. You know, Jalen Foster, people were like groaning when he won the starting safety job and thought he's gonna be a liability. Comes out, has, was an all-American. <laughs> and then Darius Russ, who nobody thought was ever gonna play, uh, Holds down his side of the field pretty good. Played with Marcellus Dial and Cam Smith last year. And in the bowl game, probably played his best football as a Gamecock. So who this year, who is the Jalen Foster or the Darius Rush or the Josh Van? This year, uh, I'm asking the chat box, give me an under-the-radar guy or, or, or guy. I was going to say guy or gal. I'm like, ah, this isn't necessary roughness. And, Wally Riggendorf's not the D coordinator. Kathy Ireland's not the place kicker. Um, so guys, there's <laughs> a the guy, definitely, you know. Um, who is the guy on the team that <clears throat> you guys, I want y'all's personal opinion, uh, right? Or, you know, it could end up being right. Could end up being wrong. You're not calling any shots here. Who in your gut, Gamecock fans, uh, will be this year's surprise player that, that, that maybe hasn't gotten, I mean, you, you tend to kind of cycle through when you're covering it um, like, like we do uh, and talk about everybody, at least a little bit. Or And then if you don't, people ask you about them because uh, you guys know the roster, which I'm very flattered and awesome that you do because it makes it easy on me. Um, but uh, let me know who, who you have in mind, who, who is nobody talking about or who hasn't gotten a ton of hype. I mean, we know, Cam Smith's gotten some hype. We know that uh, you've got, uh, you know, on, on the other side, Rattler, obviously. Uh, you know, tight ends, Bell, Stogner, those guys. But but, but who's that guy? Because there, there'll be one, you know. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Hopefully more than one.
2: Yeah. More, yeah, there'll be several this year that will happen. Um, wanted to also, uh, you know, address the Carmelo Taylor to Penn State thing. Uh, and we're going to read everybody's answers second hour. Um, that came out of nowhere. I mean, that you know, every staff involved was shocked, like I said. Uh, now I did point out, in fairness to me, that uh, when, when the Virginia Tech buzz started happening, when he was supposed to commit and then didn't, um, I did point out the Hokies were never like up, they, they were never top two as Carolina Penn State. Um, so maybe we all sort of thought or their perception was since he held off and then visited Blacksburg and it was close to home, he was kind of getting more pressure to stay at home. And the decision between the Gamecocks and Penn State had already been made. Uh, well, that's not likely. Uh, Gamecocks are probably going to – well, I mean, I'm sorry, not likely, as if something in the future is going to happen. It's kind of dumb of me to say. Uh, <laughs> that's not likely. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> Matt, like like at the top of the show, feels like the English language. You know, master the English language. Jason. Yeah,
1: that's right.
2: Um <laughs> But uh, that that, that it, but looking back, that was not the case, that Virginia Tech w- was all that high. I, I think he wanted to leave Southwest Virginia. Um, Gamecocks are going to probably jump in the portal for receivers. I've seen some people talk about Justin Stutt. This is an interesting, fascinating criticism. Uh, and kind of shows you sometimes where, where I think people, you know, there's a new way of recruiting these days with the transfer portal and all. Um and I think people still sort of don't trust the portal. Uh, I think a lot of people in their gut, and I have to remind myself not to do this as well, kind of think of it like junior college recruiting. Uh, but but think about this, folks. The portal is full of guys with different levels of I mean, uh, amounts of eligibility left. Like, okay, so last year, Gamecocks lost Ramon Brown to uh, Maryland, right? And I don't think they were ever getting Ramon Brown. I I think they were right there second or third most of the time. Um, but they also did Maryland. Now, I thought as the year went on, even when the Gamecocks thought they may get him, I was like, hey, this guy may be a little overhyped, uh, four-star kid out of Virginia. Well, they didn't get him. Okay. Well, they got Lavoisier Carroll, who's got you know four years of eligibility left, just like Brown, uh, who's a better athlete, better player in the portal and it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the uh you know the quick it, it's not a juco thing it's not a quick fix you get guys from all different with, with all different levels of eligibility left uh Corey Rucker's got I think three years left Juice Wells has two years left uh when you're talking about Justin Stepp so uh, you know who's to say uh yeah and look I'm the biggest Carmelo Taylor fan on earth I think I like him better than Carolina's coaching staff does Uh, Because I love speed and I think he's a big time playmaker and he plays like a guy that's going to go make a play. And and, and that's kind of an attitude thing. Um, Some of you are like, ah, Step's losing all these. uh, Oh, oh, he's losing all these high school guys. Well, well, let's just, let's just, I'll give you the highlights of Justin Step and I'll come back on the other side. Uh, Here's one wide receiver room was in shambles when he took over. He's flipped it in one year. How is he flipped it? He had uh, a Marion Brown from the portal last year, and then got him better for this year. He got Xavier Leggett better. He got Josh Van better. He's coming back this year, and then uh, they they get Juice Wells out of the portal. They get Corey Rucker out of the portal. Landon Sampson uh, was a four star Army All American from Texas that he got. And I know Landon didn't have big time Texas, big 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 Texas yeah. offers. Oh, yeah. big tech, big Texas offers. But, uh, you know, TCU came in the last minute, whatever. I mean, Landon Sampson's a heck of a player. Um, Look at the program's recent history, folks, and and where have the majority uh, or a plurality even of – I think majority of Carolina's receivers that have gotten drafted and and played well for them, where have they all come from? Most of them, South Carolina.
1: Right here. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: Well, what happened? There was a coaching transition, and, and Clemson's been winning national titles, and they got Adam Randall from Myrtle Beach, who, you know, wish, it, wish him a speedy recovery. He got hurt in the spring. Uh, they got him, four-star guy. And then the big loss for Step on the recruiting trail, I think it's Antonio Williams. That's the one that stings because they put in 16 months or 15, however long it was. And then Clemson comes in at the last minute and gets it. And, and that stings, especially a kid from Dutch Fort with that kind of skill talent. At that level. So that so that's his o for one. You know, th- he, and at the same time, though, he got Kyle Horton uh, out of the state. Heard some good things about his upside. Uh, and they got DJ Black from Chapman, who's a walk-on, who keep your eye on him. Um, and the state this cycle, 2023. Uh, they don't, it's not really rich in wide receiver talent, right? Uh, there's no guys like Jalen Hyatt and that kid Davis that went to Virginia that you go, huh, can't Gamecocks maybe should take a look at these guys. <laughs> um, and, and that's just kind of how that recruiting at that position has gone. Uh, you know, last three receivers to get drafted or uh, uh, Debo Samuel, Brian Edwards, shy Smith, arguably three of the best top playmakers of the Must champ era. Right. Uh, all really good. You know, all from the state of South Carolina. And by the way, two low four stars and a three star Debo was the lowest rated guy. Um, you know, so it's not always about that. So, you know, I I would, I would say, look, when you look at Justin Sepp's body of work, uh, and Clint chimes in and says, can't lose Maisie O'Bennett 2024 out of Greenville high. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a key target right there. I think it yeah, would
1: be a tough loss, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're putting time in up here. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're, they're way out ahead of him uh, with, with Maisie now, but they were with Williams too, and Clemson came in that's what they did. Um, but, I, you know, I, I look at it, and, and I think that when you consider kind of where everything's at, uh and, and what he's done with the room in terms of portal additions uh adding some guys from the high school level that are good evaluations we'll see how we'll see how sampson turns out and we'll see we'll see how Horton turns out um and and then getting current guys better uh you know I, I think he's the you know right now uh he's done the best job uh I think of any receivers coach uh this century, and that includes Steve Spurry Jr. Now, Steve Spurry Jr. could teach how to play receiver, like like probably one of the probably the best in the country, teacher-wise. But there's like a scroll, like like the, the Dead Sea scrolls of, of guys he missed on in recruiting, either not recruiting him, losing him, doing whatever. Um, sort of other guys went and got his recruits for him. Uh, and then we all know what that Brian McClendon really wasn't uh, you know didn't do a great job. Uh, evaluating, recruiting, whatever you want to say at receiver. So uh, you know, and, and, and those are the only two receivers coaches the game guys have had since 05. So uh and the, the ones under hold side of you know Joker Phillips, Todd Fitch. I I don't remember all that. So anyway, we uh we are uh late getting to the top of the hour break and uh appreciate all you on the nano sports chat line we're gonna do a little buying and selling uh, gonna read your responses. Get to the I Help Consulting mailbag. Uh, talk a little recruiting. That's a good, uh, good scoop there, and also talk about the uh, Clemson Tigers a little bit. How about that?
1: Uh, Everybody and, loves that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and go,
2: go watch the uh, Brandon Walker's barstool sports rant about the Tigers, uh, and not not really about their program and all that. But I want to talk about that rant. See what you guys think about it. Uh, And then also talk about their anonymous Twitter brigade uh, that's out there at every turn creating anonymous accounts and tweeting mean stuff at the Gamecocks. Oh, my God. We'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Sear Foss of Callwall Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a diehard Game Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at com C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Foss Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
0: Yes, he takes
1: forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
1: Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
2: Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
1: Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
2: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me.
1: Yeah, I bet. (laughs)
2: I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show
3: I help consulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner for years now. Uh, They helped with the big spur golf tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event. The professionalism, the food, the taste, uh, it's unrivaled. Uh, in this space, 336-259-7550 is the phone number, or again, go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are we
1: back? Yes, sir. Welcome back.
2: Welcome back, Cotter.
1: Welcome back. That's
2: a good that's a Dream good green play. Go take
1: it out. Yeah, great, great theme song.
2: Sounds great, Phil. Yeah, we, we need we need top of the hour music, but uh we may just have you fill. Um <laughs> I mean, have have you have, have you sing by the way? Uh listen, the mule, Mule, remember I debuted the mu- Z-Mule yesterday? Mule yesterday's the Mule. Um uh, he's got a cone of shame on. Today, because he's basically a sticker, and I'm like, how in the heck can I get keep him from sticking to the table? Um And I figured it out. You just put the back of the sticker back on after you put it on the pin. But I'm an idiot, so I put this big moon thing on the back. So I have to, I'm gonna have to make a new mule. <laughs> uh, for and I dropped. it looks like
1: mayor. he just got back from the vet. <laughs>
2: I, 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 I dropped Mary cheese and so. Uh, I hope the dog doesn't eat miramide cheese. So anyway, our number two is powered by the Remax at the Lake Burgess and team. Go visit them. You heard the ad for all your uh, commercial real estate needs. We got real estate on both hours. Phil, we got residential in the upstate and then commercial throughout the state of South Carolina. Please tell everybody JC and Phil sent you um, and, and all that good stuff. Uh All right, so the Nana Sports chat line, and the question on the chat line was, who's your pick uh, of a player nobody's really talking about or isn't getting enough attention in the preseason? Uh, And there's always one. Last year was probably Jalen Foster, Darius Rush. Those were like huge surprises, but there's always a guy that you go, man, ah, we didn't hear much about him or whatever. Um, And and so we've got some answers for that. We keep going on and on and on, and we're going to read those because we're going to have you guys do – uh, buy and sell here with the coaches poll in a second. Me and Phil are also going to buy and sell. Uh, Joseph says Carolina versus Clemson is better than the Catalina wine mixer. I love the Cat- like Catalina wine.
1: I take football over it. Yeah,
2: can't 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 throw the f bomb in there. I mean, I don't
3: uh,
2: anyway. Uh, Craig says Nick ware That's uh, I mentioned that before. It's a good one. Clint says Xavier Leggett, Lots of Xavier Leggetts yep here, and he's gotten a lot better. Uh, had the one big catch in the spring game. Uh, y- you know, here's another thing about it. And, and again, don't give a whole players. Uh, X kind of had a decent uh, 2019. I know he called a touchdown pass against Vandy. Um, uh, and um, I think, you know, that particular season after, after Jake Bentley went out, Brian McClendon spent a lot of time on on being the OC and probably not a lot being the receivers coach. Uh, And what happened happened. And then last year I've told the story many times or 2020 uh, nobody knew he was out for the season until Mike Bobo took over. It was a, (laughs) a a must champion uh, uh, tale. We'll call it a must champion tale. Uh, and, And for the record, man, I, Nothing against Will Muschamp at all. I think a lot of people were really ugly to him, mean and stuff like that. Um and what, uh, at least he's not like Frank Martin and responds to, to the, the <laughs> troll fight Twitter. back
1: on Twitter. It's like yeah. come on, Frank took the hell
2: up. <laughs> Muschamp was hired, he didn't win enough games. Uh bad things happened. It was frustrating. I know everybody it's time for him to go, and he went. And uh that's it. You know, I, I don't there's a lot of people that just attack the guy, you know, like like he's you know, like slapped their mom or something. But anyway, I'm, i will call things must champion because uh like that, the 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 injury report stuff Mystery
1: there, injuries, yeah.
2: That's on him. That's on him. That's a you know, he, he made the conscious decision to to do that and he and Kirby Smart and, and and Saban, all those guys are the same way about that stuff. So he's got will, a toenail. Uh, 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 it, it was a it was a must. He's got a what
3: a toenail?
1: He's, he's got a toenail.
2: He's got a toenail. <laughs> I've got ten of them. Will <laughs> you know? uh,
1: I love that? You know, he's got a bit of an ankle. I'm like, well, hell, I hope he's got two. <laughs> uh,
2: so, so Xavier Leggett just disappears after the Vandy game. Uh I thought, you know, basically was told so many times that they just had one receiver. I just thought he wasn't playing hell, you know, uh, but and then Bobo takes over. Somebody finally asked about it, finally. And he goes, oh, yeah, Xavier's going to be a pretty good player. But unfortunately, he had a season-ending injury six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and, he, called, and it missed, he missed the first spring when Beamer was here and Steph was here. And then he comes back uh, last fall and he got a car wreck, and that put him behind two or three weeks. And if you, but if you notice, uh, it, it wasn't just the winning touchdown against Vanderbilt that he caught, he started like once or twice a game, field making like outrageously tough catches,
1: yeah, yeah, including one of the bowl. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then had a good run. At, and, and he's always been a big, fast kid, so. Uh, you know that that's probably a guy because you know everybody's going to talk about Rucker and Wells because they're new. Uh, Van's the leading receiver off last year's team. You're going to talk about the tight ends. You're intrigued by Samson as a freshman and Amari and Brown as a deep threat. You know you're probably not talking about X a whole lot. But then, hey, where is Xavier Leggett from? South Carolina. Oh, there you <laughs> go, instate kid. Clint says I think Amos could be that guy if he just gets a chance. I love Rashad Amos.
1: I do too, man. Uh, yeah, I love that big body back stuff, man.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a place for him, Uh, you know, hopefully they they, they can kind of figure all that out. If I'm Marcus Satterfield, I'm I'm kind of borrowing a page from Georgia's book on how to use your backs, because Georgia does it well enough to where it's like because you can't. Here's the problem coaches face when, when you got a rotation like that where different guys have strengths. It becomes easy to dissect what you're calling based on your personnel. Well, when that guy comes in the game, you're going to run him outside. When that guy comes in the game, it's going right up the gut. Uh, and defenses are, they get wise to that, so coaches have to be careful about it. Georgia last year, uh, I noticed this sort of mid-season because they did play three an awful lot. Everybody kind of had their role, but they disguised it well. You know, James Cook was definitely the receiving back. Uh, Zeus white was definitely the, the, main, the main back, uh, McIntosh was a tough yardage guy, you know, that kind of thing. So I, and I, I noticed it and I'm like, man, they do a great job of not telling you what's coming, but getting their backs, plenty of touches. Uh, Saunders says, I hope RJ Roderick plays at the level we all want him to. Yep. And look, man, think about Roderick when he was a true freshman, I think it was 2018. Uh, yeah, he made a big sack against Alabama too. Uh, is that next year? But uh, I think everybody thought he was going to be pretty good because he got in there and you know, mixed it up. Um, and it's just been bad in pass coverage and stuff like that. Uh, Dr. Rob says Tyreek Ross, that's a guy nobody's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ross was a transfer from Washington State last year, played some special teams, uh, started and played, uh, I think 12 games as a true freshman for Mike Leach, the pirate out in Pullman. Ashley says Debo Williams. I love Debo Williams. Think he's very instinctive. Um couldn't have been more thrilled with, with the way his career started with two block punts uh against uh Eastern Illinois last year. I think uh I think Debo will do more special teams this year and see more snaps at linebacker. Uh don't sleep on him. O'Donnell fortune and amos says Mitchell uh and I think fortune's a guy that at corner they really are counting on taking that next step. Uh, Clint says I've been a little surprised. Steph hasn't hit on that really big target. Yeah, but I, just, I don't know who who that that would be realistically. I mean, the kid, Great House from Austin. Uh, you know, how realistic is it you're going to beat Notre Dame on a kid from Austin, Texas? Not probably not right now at this point. No.
1: And uh-huh. development is where really, I mean, Steph I think has shown himself here early on. I mean, you got receivers dropping a lot less passes, things like that. It's like that you want to see that the recruits will come.
2: Yeah. Also, say and the most important thing is though that he flipped. You know, when you're talking about recruiting, the purpose of recruiting is to flip your personnel or or to improve your personnel. And he's flipped that room in a year. You know, I mean, I I think this receiving core has a chance to be really good. Their size, their speed. There's, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but, but I get you, Clint. I mean, everybody wants to see him go get the four or five star guy. Right. Uh, Austin says, uh, his surprise players, Trayvon Kenyon, who had a really good spring game who came on, uh, improved. Uh, he was another one last year that improved more than anybody. I, the, the former staff, uh, I could tell you this. And when the new staff got there, nobody thought he was going to place horribly out of shape. Uh, I remember his film coming out of high school in North Carolina was outstanding, especially on defense. He can play. He's reshaped. He's worked hard. Uh, I thought in the spring game he was a step quicker after catching the ball. Um, so that that guy. And then, then Boogie Huntley. Uh, I've got a, probably an article coming out of Boogie Huntley soon where I'm just going to call it. I, I think he starts this year and has a big year. Uh, yeah. Dre says surprise player on offense is Leggett. Um, he's probably better than the third-best corner on any defense they play. Defense, listen to this, Brad Johnson, he will be a refreshing reminder that grown man strength is real. <laughs> and I, I, It is. I mean, the, uh, the, the two lines, if Johnson and Green start, okay, and I think Kaba could start over one of them because Kaba's having a really good preseason, as Tony Morrell reported today on the Big Spur. If Kaba and Green start, the Gamecock star starting linebackers will be combined forty-seven years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Grown man, yes. straight man. Uh, Steadings goes with Amari and Brown. Josh, you're not alone. Uh, Craig says uh, Steph got some ballers in Arkansas. Twisted Chicken says X. Uh, the Macadino podcast. Uh, I saw. I don't think Josh Van or Kaba is getting hyped at all. Uh, you probably missed the Cobble report today, McAdino, that's fine. Uh, And Van's not. Nobody's ever been talking about Van. There's a guy, you know, 43 catches last year. He said, I saw Josh Van beat his man so many times on deep routes. Couldn't get an accurate ball. That's true. Uh, Looking back and see how many times he beat his man against Georgia and Kentucky. That is also true. I was at the Kentucky game. Definitely saw him open against Georgia, too, which is really good. Uh, Mitchell says Phil's feeling more comfortable. I like it. I don't think Phil was ever uncomfortable, but like anything, you know, you don't dive in the water like you know the cold water you dive in. So now you a little while to get used oh, yeah, to. Get it. that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just shaking off the shivers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. If he's getting paid by words spoken, you gave yourself a raise the last few episodes, Philly.
1: <laughs>
2: Philly. Uh, I've never, yeah. I've never heard Phil called Philly.
1: Proof no, that's Phil one.
2: Probably, yeah. You know,
1: we may rotate so, through some nicknames on the screen or whatever, but yeah. I, the Phillies never really been one I've stuck yeah. with. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Stogner on offense, Craig says, yeah, and you know, because Stogner came in over the summer, and because of Jean Bell, uh, people don't talk as. It's almost like they go, oh, and Stogner. Like I said, uh, you know, because and this is what I like about this roster because every time you kind of get through it and you forget to mention a guy, you're like, oh, that guy's still there, or oh, that guy's there. Uh, starters like those big, tall Notre Dame uh, tight ends they had there for a while. Craig, Craig just throws in the random he's got a knee. Uh, Corey says, I heard Beale Smith looks great on special teams, and he may have a bigger role there than in the backfield. Interesting stuff, Corey. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think if Lloyd plays like I think he will, uh, I, I think Christian's going to get some carries and play. But it's going to kind of be more like a, uh, let's it'll say, be spelling,
1: you know, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know.
2: Yeah, it'll be more like a Kevin Harris to Sean Fenwick sort of split. And then don't forget the guys on the outside. And then don't forget, you got to give Jaheim Bell some you know, There's a lot of different guys you got to get carries. But uh, I think it'll be more like 65, 35, 70, 30. Um, some people who do not believe in Marshawn Lloyd think that Christian Bill Smith could start. Um, but not people that uh, not not not, not anybody that I've talked to that, that should know, it's just uh, opinions, which is fine, that's what this show's for, that's what message boards are for. Everything 20 should be a goal line guy, he runs incredibly hard, yes. Yet let it, yet another walk-on from Chapman High School, home of Debo Samuel and Toby Cates from Inman. DJ 20 uh, transferred in from, from the portal from I think he came from East Tennessee State, just like naked Nate Atkins. Uh, who also will be good blocking goal line type stuff. Uh, and Craig says Ross hit Juju pretty good on the sidelines in that dock last night. Yeah, Ross can Ross is physical. Uh, Nathaniel says Davani Reed. Uh, yeah, and you know, sits. Uh, he's kind of penciled in as the starter back there, but uh, I, I you yeah, know, nobody, nobody really talks about him. Um, I will say uh, our boy uh, Michael W. Bratton. Uh, mentioned him, and, and I, I think poor, I think Mike didn't have his notes in front of him, so he didn't want to mispronounce his name, but he called, um, he just said the, the transfer safety from Central Michigan. Uh, keep in mind, Devani Reed played good ball uh, for the, uh, the Swamp Donkeys Chippewas uh, last year uh, against the better teams on the schedule. They had a pick six in LSU, and uh, our boy Matt Odom from Heritage Digital Always love it when our advertisers participate in the show.
1: Definitely. Hey,
2: what up, JC? Matt, I hope you love the new uh, conversational style Heritage Digital ad uh, that we busted out uh, for you there. Go see Matt uh, like we told you to uh, over there. Okay, so we're going to play a little game um, on the Nana Sports chat line. we got the mailbag coming up. Got to talk about Clemson. Got to give some recruiting notes. Um, but what we're going to do uh, Phil and I are going to go through the coaches poll top. T- I have a lot of issues with this poll, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I thought instead of me just sitting here griping and complaining about it, uh, we would just sit there and just say, Hey, well, what's, what is your, you know, what is your major malfunction? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't finish that one off either. You got to watch the language, uh, <laughs> full metal jacket. What a movie. Um, so, so, so I figured you know, instead of just being a jerk about Dave Dorn, like I always am, uh, and we're not even getting to NC State, it's number 13. Uh, I want to go through and go buy or sell, Phil. And we're going to go through the whole top 10, and then I'll give you one team 11 to 25 I'm buying and one I'm selling, and you do the same. Sound good?
1: All right. All right.
2: And, uh, everybody else on the Nanosports chat line, you are free to comment on buy or sell and a team you like, team you don't. Uh, we'll talk a little college football. Gamecocks, of course, are not ranked, uh, but, you know, maybe after a couple games it will be. Who, who knows? Who knows?
1: We are others receiving votes on this poll. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, as,
2: as Jamie pointed out yesterday, J.B., um, it's uh, Gamecocks were 12th in receiving votes of the 14-team SEC. Uh, so who knows? They're right there above um, – Missouri and Vandy did not get any votes. Everybody else in the league did. So, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. Oh well. All right. So, um, Alabama, bye, bye, bye.
1: Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs>
2: big time. There's no The question. Nick
1: Saban revenge tour. <laughs>
2: yeah. Ohio State, to me, is a bye. Uh, because nice. I, I think they're very, very good, um, Uh, You know, I think those two, I think we're in a a year of college football field. My guess is, um, and it's all just a guess right now, right? Uh That that We're in a season where there's like two great teams that are going to be kind of on a collision course. And then there's a next tier that's not very big. And then there's everybody else. And and I'll I'll tell you where I think that next tier starts. Uh, Number three, Georgia. I'm selling them at three. I'm not buying them that high.
1: No, I don't think so either, not uh, not with all the losses they've taken. I know everybody's like, they're going to reload, they're going to reload. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Is it a reload, or are they going to have to rebuild?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, 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 that's the thing there. And, and, you know, once Kirby Smart does that, if he does, if they do reload this year and they're back in the hunt, then I think it's safe to say, hey, they have rec- recreated Alabama in the East. But uh, let's just wait and see on that. Let's just wait and see. Um, I do think they're going to be awfully good. I would pick them to win the East. I just don't know about third in the country. Clemson is fourth. Uh, this is tough because, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say sell the Tigers that high, but I don't really know because, uh, because here's the thing that they, they're set up a lot like Georgia was heading into this past season. Where there are major questions on offense, but they could have a, an elite defense. Um, but what are the chances, Phil, of two uh, teams that we had questions about their offense that that are elite on defense um, being as dominant as Georgia in back to back years? I don't, I don't know. Maybe Clemson is. Um, uh, but I, I, I just want to fourth.
1: I think a lot. I think there's a lot of schedule baked into this. Yeah, quick, you know, I mean, there's got to be. Of course that's with them every year you know
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true the tigers play at notre dame and they come in fifth all right so there's a i think notre dame is kind of the borderline tier two group um they open up in columbus at ohio state and they play clinton so they got two top five games on their schedule uh i don't i don't know you know if, if i would have them higher, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of buy them at fifth. Uh, I, I think that's a good spot for the Irish, uh, you know, th- this may be a year where they go and, and get waxed in their opener, uh, <laughs> you know, and then when, when the rest of them, like yeah, but then,
1: you yeah, went out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Michigan definitely selling Michigan at sixth. I, I just, I know their schedule's favorable, uh, very favorable. Uh, uh, Phil Steele thinks they could go March into the game in Columbus at the end of the year at 11 and up. And, and they could, if you look I at
1: mean, it, yeah, they might,
2: I am just not, I'm, I, they might, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm selling them, uh, a at seventh. I'm selling, I think this is based on recruiting hype. Um, and, uh, but you know, they're going to be better at quarterback. They do have some weapons. They do have a lot of talent. Uh, I just think when you're replacing your entire D line, I don't care how many five stars you landed at that spot. There's going to be an adjustment. But
1: well, here it is, JC. It's like uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, "Is is Jimbo's tenure at A and M gonna be summed up with he's a year away? Like he's always a year away." <laughs> I,
2: I said that about them last year because I right <laughs> Hay- Haynes King was going to start all season. I said he'll he'll take his lumps, but then he'll be back in the – he'll be back in the high life again. And then, lo and behold, here's Max Johnson. Here's the kid they brought in from high school The Jimbo says, this is the best ever. I don't know. I'm selling them. I, and I think if you're South Carolina, um, and that game's a long way off, obviously, but it's in Columbia – They've rubbed your nose in it the last three years badly, 30-6, to 48-3, 44-14. Uh, it's two weeks after they play Bama. If you're going to get them, this is a good year to get them. And I know it sounds crazy because they've owned the Gamecocks, but uh, if this is a year it, you can get – it's doable. You know, I, I don't think there's this massive gap right now um, You know, based on – the preseason, obviously. So I'm selling A&M. selling AM. Uh 8th is Utah. I'm buying them, moving them up. I think Utah's going to have a heck of a team.
1: I agree. I agree. I think eight might be a little low when we look at it at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I'm going to buy Oklahoma. Uh, I know opinions are mixed on Brent Venables <laughs> in the state of South Carolina. Uh, But um I, I think Dylan Gabriel, that offense they're going to run with Jeff Lebby, uh, to me, I like it better than Lincoln-Riley's offense, and I like Lincoln-Riley's offense. But uh, uh, I think they're going to go up and down the field on people. Um, I'm not buying Texas or anybody else in that league right now. I'm going to buy the Sooners and say Brent Venables could have a really good like, uh, playoff-type year, Big 12 championship-type year his first year.
1: Yeah, if they avoid any missteps, I think they'll get into the playoff just by virtue of winning the Big 12, because I've definitely got them
2: winning Big 12. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's my take as well. Finally, the Baylor Bears. Uh, no, I'm, I'm selling
1: yeah. love Dave Aranda, but I don't think so this year. A little I just, high.
2: I, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, and look, you got to be impressed with what they've done. Uh, so one buy and one sell, uh, in 11 through 25. Um, I would say Wake Forest I'm selling, but that would be unfair and because Sam Hartman's injury, that would be kind of cheating in my opinion. Um, so I am going to, I'm going to stick with the SEC uh, and I'm going to buy uh, Arkansas. And the it's scary I'm the Brad Crawford hype here. If I didn't pick Arkansas, I'd pick Pittsburgh because I'm, I think Pittsburgh is going to be better than NC State, Wake Forest, all these other ACC teams that are hyping. Um, and if I'm going to sell, I'm going to, stick another, I'm going to give you another SEC team. I'm selling Ole Miss.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that one was uh, a little easy for me because I was selling Texas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> Yeah. Well, I think we're getting the same thing AM is. I think if people are looking too far ahead. I mean, you know, we got to play yeah. this year before we get to next.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We are up against a break, bottom of the hour break. We're going to be back. Um, talk about, uh, wrap up the buy and sell segment. Going to give you a few recruiting tidbits here and there. Uh, also, going to talk about the Clemson Tigers. It's hour number two of the Inside the Game Guys, the show. Uh, powered by the REMAX at the Lake Burgesson team. Uh, Please hit them up for all your commercial real estate needs. Uh, And thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Gamecocks.
2: Attention, golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA mid amateur tournament this summer before going full time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org, McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services.
3: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
3: Yes,
1: he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. one zero zero one is Matt's contact number?
1: Yeah man, I sure do that or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
2: Man I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Game Cox the show.
1: Welcome back everybody.
2: Final segment of Inside the Game Cox the show. Uh th- this has just flown by today Phil.
1: I know, I know this has been we've we got a lot more on our things we were going to talk about than we're actually going to get to talk about today. <laughs>
2: no, uh no doubt uh, you know Xavier McLeod, somebody asked about that earlier still haven't nailed that down. I think Saturday. Uh I had heard today we'll, we'll see, you know, if he's making a video or not. Uh Phil, there is an update on uh Four Star Dematha defensive end no, he's not from DeMatha. I'm sorry. He's from Maryland, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, four-star elite uh, defensive end Desmond Uziomolo. Uh, why don't you uh, let the people know what you've been hearing?
1: Actually, hold on. Let me get that pulled up here, JC. Yeah, I
2: got like to... the notes here, the Desmond notes. I, I, uh, I snuck those in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, snuck those uh. in today. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, everything,
1: my so, computer's working slow.
2: And he's announcing August 29th, so 18 days from today. So it's a uh like I mentioned the roller coaster earlier, it's probably gonna be a an up and down roller coaster thing. Um oh,
1: yeah, yeah, but the 50 50 still with between Ohio State and uh South Carolina on that one, that'd be a big pickup for us.
2: Yeah, the Ohio State Insiders on um 24 7 Sports have talked about that. Uh, And and I'll say this, if you're going to recruit the DMV, which is greater D.C., uh, these days you're going to run into uh, Big Ten powerhouses. You're going to run into Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State historically has uh, recruited the area well. Larry Johnson Sr. was their D-line coach. They got Paterno in on all those guys. That's why Maryland hates their guts. Uh, People don't realize, like, just how close – uh dc baltimore is to state college you kind of instead of going snaking up the coast toward like uh, jersey and philly and and delaware if you look at a map there's a highway that just runs straight up from dc into the middle of pa and that's where state college is so it's close to home for a lot of those kids um and of course penn state got uh carmelo taylor uh and i guess that would be a little bit closer I i don't know if that's closer or not for roanoke because roanoke you can just take 77 all the way down to colombia so uh, there's that recruiting stuff there um also uh you can stream the show all the time on at the big to at the big, at the, the spur pod on Twitter uh YouTube the big spur YouTube account please uh if you're on our YouTube account streaming we love it we love you uh yeah give us a thumbs up yeah give us the, hit that subscribe button too because that helps us with YouTube blah 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 and if they go to uh podcast form you can get it on iTunes. Uh, It's usually up about half hour, an hour after the show. We have been late a couple of times this week from unforeseen circumstances. Um, All right. And then tomorrow in hour one, we'll have John Whittle. Uh, I'm calling him the guru, the bigspur.com guru, because he, you know, he used to kind of be the baseball guy, you know, but now he knows everything. So (laughs) we're looking forward to having John Whittle in hour one tomorrow and also Meredith Taylor uh, in hour two Uh, The show, uh, hour number two, is powered by the Ferguson team at REMAX at the Lake. Um, Xavier says, love the show, guys. Listening from Wenatchee, Washington. So, love that. Love that. I need to remember to do that. Start of the show, Nana Sports Chat Line. Mm -hmm. Everybody say shout out where you're from. Roll call, I guess. Roll call. (laughs) Roll call. Roll call. Okay. So, all right, Phil. But we, we got the recruiting thing. Squared away. If you haven't heard it, Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports eviscerated the Clemson fan base. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, and,
2: and he's done this before, but, I mean, this rant, I, I mean, we cannot play it because we, uh, you know, we upload this as part of uh, the Bigsburg.com uh, CBS Sports Podcasting Network and they have standards <laughs> and, uh, YouTube.
1: We know, I mean, those kids are listening to, so yeah. We'll yeah. And we,
2: and we know some, some, of. I mean, a friend of mine, the, uh, you know, I know their kids listen and laugh. So, uh, you know, I, I may throw a, you know, a mild profanity out there every now and then, but I can't, I can't use the words he did, uh, basically called, uh, the Clemson fan base, a cult. Uh, he said that, um,
1: and he's not the only one I've heard call them and refer to them as that.
2: <laughs> I've heard it through the grapevine before. Uh, uh, and he he said something about like where he said that they they just pretend like they're just out there playing football for Jesus. And I was like, oh man, that's cringy. This all started when Tommy Bowden was the coach, and it's kind of a playbook, a page out of his dad's playbook. Um, and I'm not I'm not questioning anybody's faith. I'd never do that. Uh, I don't have any knowledge uh, about what Dabo Sweeney, Tommy Bowden, Bobby Bowden's relationships like with the Lord. I, I have no idea. However, um, I, I will say this, and, and I, out of respect for the fan base we all share the state with, uh, I, I'm not going to pile on. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to defend anything. I'm just going to say. It's kind, it was kind of funny. If he'd have said it about Stanford or somebody, I would have still thought it was funny. Uh, but I will say this. There was a message board post. I don't know which one of the sites it was, but uh, it was shortly. And I think message board geniuses uh, got it and tweeted it out. Um, <laughs> so Brent Venables takes the Oklahoma job, right? And And look, man. Clemson. It is a tribute to Clemson as a job, as a place to live, uh, as a community uh, to Dabo Sweeney, to their administration that Brent Venables stayed there as long as he did and turned down some pretty dang good jobs to stay. Okay, Oklahoma is ranked what all time wins in the history of college football?
3: Story uh, okay. program. All
2: right, so it's, let's just say it's a. Uh, it's a it's a story program and leave it at that. I mean, uh, you know, I I I I don't know too many people that would have turned down the Oklahoma job, right? Uh and, and so Brent Venables may oh, are they're fourth, okay. <laughs> Behind Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama. There goes <laughs> there's Oklahoma, and then they're and they're right above oh Notre Dame, you know, <laughs> uh all these schools. LSU, Auburn, Clemson's 20th. Right there behind uh, Wittenberg and Auburn, right above Texas A&M in West Virginia. Uh, For those of you that are wondering, South Carolina is probably way on down there a little bit. Yeah, they're 94th behind Furman. Oh, well. Uh, So so anyway, you know, look, Oklahoma, one of the best jobs in the country, best programs in the country. Brent Venables finally leaves. That's the type of job he wanted keep uh, on top of that. He's from out there. He, he coached at Oklahoma under Bob Stoops. He went to Kansas State. He's from Salinas, Kansas. That's that's his, that's his area, right, man? See, at for Oklahoma, there was a post on a Clemson message board. Now, message boards are anonymous, so it could have been somebody trying to be funny or cute. I don't think so. I have that's to – and, and, and it said something like this. I have to question Brent Venable's relationship with the Lord. Uh, because he would leave this place for Oklahoma, I'm worried about his faith. Oh, <laughs> what that's
1: even, that's a major jump, man. To get even, even,
2: even, Jesus, probably was looked at and went, No, nah, dog, you don't <laughs> yeah. get it,
1: bro. You don't yeah, get,
2: you it. get it, man. <laughs> um, Jesus, probably Like, I would take the Oklahoma job. You know? <laughs> um, and and so I'm like that. So that was one of those things where, unfortunately for for our neighbors, you know, that kind of stuff gets around. Other stuff that's embarrassing on message boards for every fan base, without question. But uh, I do remember reading that, and I was like, wow. Uh, you know, I don't know. Who thinks that way? You know? Yeah, I was
1: like That'd be the last thing that would come to my head about the, the about Venables leaving Clemson, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I
1: just, his
2: relationship with the Lord. How is how is your relationship? I'm like, man, that's a wow, you know? I just I just I couldn't. I was like, whoa. Uh again, <laughs> that's not an indictment. I look, I didn't call Clemson fans a cult. I didn't call them uh you know, I'm not. I'm not questioning anybody's faith. That's just not something I like to do. But uh, even, even in the nature of a heated rivalry, um, but I will say I did notice that, and I will say this: the, the one, the only thing that bothers me uh, about Clemson Nation, and I, I'm convinced it's one guy, uh, and I'm I'm close to kind of doing some detective work and closing in on who he is, and, and if I find that out. Uh, uh, he may get exposed a little bit, but I, I don't know exactly, but there are a lot of anonymous Clemson Twitter accounts that sit there all day and churn out anything anybody says halfway positive about South Carolina or even neutral. They just bash them. They bash me. They bash anything. Uh, they're up in arms about you know carolina rise the nil collective oh, yeah. um,
1: like, you know and their, their accountants probably love them because all they do is keep receipts
2: <laughs> yeah it's like, you know, they're just sitting there rocking and rolling i mean all day i've bought probably 20 of them uh but i have noticed that uh one uh one particular member of their pseudo media up there is following every one of those accounts uh and i'm like oh, is that a coincidence i don't um, So if I ever find out who it is, I'm calling them out because I mean they're they're almost sick. It, it's almost scary, you know, because you kind of sit there and go, "This goes beyond the rivalry. This is sort of obsessed." By the way, you beat South Carolina seven straight times. Yeah, right. It's six, it's six or seven. I mean, it's been a while. You've won national championships. I don't ever see them tweet about, "Hey, they won the national championship."
1: Yeah, no. I just
2: see bad things about South Carolina. So I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's a that's tough. That's tough right there. Um, however, Josh says don't use Dabo's name in vain. I agree. Uh Dylan's asking Xavier where he's at. Uh Dylan's stationed in Fort Lewis. My brother almost went to Fort Lewis, pretty <laughs> part of the country. Um, and all that. Josh reminds me to keep it PG. So I, I just want to say that about the Clemson rant. I, I, I won't I I think it's a funny rant, it'll be funny about anybody. Like I said, not question anybody's faith. Thought it was funny, and uh, those people that have the anonymous Clemson Twitter army can, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think if somebody set their face on fire, I would try to put it out with bricks <laughs> <laughs> uh, in real life. Uh, you know. But anyway, uh, so there's that. Uh, with that, we forgot the IOP Consulting mailbag. Um, one guy that we banned from the chat, right? We (laughs) thought he was a Clemson fan and he's not Uh, the guy that was asking the questions about Carolina rides and the, the, the financials. He's a CPA or worked at accounting and tax law or something, tax compliance. (laughs) And, uh, so that's why he was asking. He was just curious. So we banned him. We thought he was a Snoopy Clemson fan. Yeah,
1: that was my fault. I apologize. I'm going like, yeah, to you know no, no, no. have to listen to that again.
2: <laughs> I, 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 was, I was all for it. Right. So, uh, and again, two ways to get in the IL Consulting mailbag you can tweet that at the Big Spur pod, or you can also email inside the gamecocks at um, So he sent an email and all that good stuff. Uh, Kevin says, and this is off of Twitter, or Joey Sock says, just saw Camaro Taylor uh, commit to PSU. Any insight on this? Thought Virginia Tech was the main competition. You know, everybody kind of assumed that, Joey, but uh, you know, I I was trying to tell people that, that didn't make any sense, right? So, um, so that's the deal there. Uh, GameCap Pastor says, uh, hanging on everywhere J.C. Sherbert has said or written the past seven years. We all know he's the GOAT. I don't know about that, uh, but thank you. Uh, so today I'd, I'd like to get to know Phil a little better. Phil, what's your fondest Gamecock football memory? A game or a player, even a tailgate?
1: I was thinking about that last night uh, after reading the tweet from Gamecock Pastor. And I'd have to go with, and it's kind of timely as well, uh, I'd say the one Clemson game. That was the very first game I had attended in Williams-Price Stadium. First time i tailgated at the fairgrounds uh, was with my soon-to-be future missus. Uh, I don't think we all got to sit together because we just happened to luck up on tickets because uh, it was a sold-out game. Phil Petty's last game, uh, mm-hmm. home game. The uh, But just the atmosphere, getting in there and actually feeling it and not just through the television was great. Uh and, and not being on enemy territory up here. Because, you know, when you grow up around here and somebody's got tickets to a game, they're giving you 10 to 1. It's usually out there in pickings. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but just on. remember, you know, Sheldon Brown's two picks. I mean, Clemson tried to make a game of it early. Uh, penalized on that first touchdown. Missed the extra point. Really got them behind. And then when they finally did score another touchdown, couldn't convert the two points because Woody threw another pick, the third on the day. And uh, just remember walking out there feeling great, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, I was at that game. I, remember I was with my uh, – I hadn't gotten married yet, fiance, I think, at the time. We were in the end zone. You guys were in East Upper.
1: Yeah, we were East Upper. We were <laughs> way up there. I, I
2: remember uh, I remember having a few cold ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, man before, man. before that one. And, uh, boy, that, that actually game ended up being scary because yes. Dantzler threw a pass at the end of the game. The guy was open for a brief moment, and it was 20 to 15 at the time, but knocked it away. Uh, that was Lou Holtz's only win over Clemson. Um, yep. Ke- Kevin says, love the content, JC. Unable to listen to the new show live due to my job, but listen to podcasts all day. I'm a UPS driver. Is it possible to get the show uploaded to Apple any sooner? Thanks, Chief. Yes, uh, Kevin, and also for you guys. Uh, and we've got, like, look, look at the numbers. The podcast numbers have been insane the live stream numbers are great, uh, but the we still have a large group of you that listen to podcast format, so uh, it's usually going to be within an hour of the show ending. So, by uh, what is it, two o'clock Eastern time?
1: Yeah, um, usually it all depends on how long it takes to download. Yeah,
2: yeah, and see, see, like today, I've got to be on the Spurs Up show right after this, uh, and then I'll, I'll then I gotta go to the gym, but uh, I'm gonna try to squeeze it in and. And really hustle. Then also, you never know when my phone's going to ring. And that sets me back sometimes, too. But I am going to make a commitment, Al, uh, to get it out quick uh, for you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Ghost of Demo or Al- Abdera, whatever. I don't even know. This is a, this an anonymous account, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> another one. A Gamecock anonymous account. Uh, Tennessee is the scariest offense, given that we stopped nothing. Uh, they did in the first half. After, however, I think talent gaps at line, linebacker and DB played a large role. Yeah, I you know DB is hard for me to say. The Camcat defense was, it, it, and again with a team like Tennessee, you, you beat them with your offense. You, you, you don't. You, they they went up and down the field on everybody they played, and the teams that beat them responded with offense. That's what was so critical about the, the Jordan Birch pass series and putting joiner in to run the Wildcat at the two.
1: Because yeah, so if you I've, get points there, you're in it. You're yeah, still there.
2: <laughs> it's 14 to 7. You've counterpunched. You see, Pitt got behind to them. Florida got behind to them. Everybody got behind. You know, and you counterpunch it because it's w- when they force the tempo on you, it becomes a tempo football game. And you, you just you don't have any you have to counter it the teams that beat Tennessee countered. Right. So, so there we go. Uh, Taylor says, how much pressure is on the coaches and program to take advantage of Rattler's talent this season? We've never had a quarterback with the potential to garner this much national attention. Heisman consideration or NFL draft stock seems almost as important as winning eight games. I don't know. Um, yeah, Todd Ellis was a Heisman candidate back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, after 87, definitely was. Um but I think say, there's
1: more pressure on Rattler himself, you know. I, I mean, not necessarily the coaching staff.
2: I, I do too. And and you know, because you know, you think now now look, let's say Spencer had played out the whole year at Oklahoma, uh, and just had decided not to go pro and to come to South Carolina and he had thrown for 4,000 yards last year and uh gotten invited to New York and may not have won it and all that. Then if you're South Carolina, you don't want to screw it up. Um but I don't. I don't know that. You know it, 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 that there's a lot of pressure. I, I I think there's pressure on Marcus Satterfield this year uh, yeah. to to have a really good offense because <laughs> he's got some really good players, including Rattler. Um, but I, I I don't think like you know the program is going to fall apart if Rattler doesn't get in the Heisman mix, and and I think that. Uh, what, what I would like to see happen was for him to have a really good year and get drafted because since the A4 mentioned Todd Ellis, the Gamecocks have not had anyone drafted. Uh, Mr. White, I'm going to get to your basketball question tomorrow for longevity. Uh, Jonathan says, love the new show. It's interesting, Phil. Would it be better for the program to beat maybe Tennessee and Kentucky than Georgia and Arkansas? My thought is Arkansas and South Carolina do not really compete for players, Georgia gets 90% of who they want Uh, time to put Tennessee and Kentucky in their place. I'm going to say yes to the end of this, but man, you knock off Georgia and, and, and preseason darling Arkansas right now. <sighs> Can
3: you imagine? Uh, it, you, you,
1: you just, you've raised the ceiling on your expectations. If you, because yeah. you're looking at probably five and zero. you know, knock on wood heading into Lexington. Uh, and that it's going to feel a lot better for the team, for the fans, everybody, if we can roll in there that big.
2: I actually think that, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's just always big for South Carolina to, to beat Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, uh, after that, probably Florida and North Carolina, if they play them, would be important, but, uh, I always think that. So I think, uh, I think it could be, you know, I agree with you. It, it's, you know, South Carolina, and I said this the other day, four games, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri. If Carolina can win most of those games this year, that's that's good because that reverses a lot of crap, right? Yeah. Um, but how big would it be to knock off the Bulldogs in week three for the what, what it would it be the second time in four years? Beating Georgia? <laughs> Um,
1: yeah. Well, they're yeah. on their rise. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: The narrative is going to change really, really quick. And if you go to Fayetteville and pull it out and then you come home and do that, uh, that's kind of what Arkansas did last year when they knocked off Texas and Texas A&M back-to-back weeks uh, there at the beginning of the season. So uh, thanks for the email, Jonathan. Uh, love it when you come in. Uh, okay, so, so like I said, Mr. White, I'm sorry for not getting to your two questions today, uh, but they require a longer response. I gotta uh dig into the basketball recruiting uh plan, that's what he asked about. And he also asked about star ratings, which is something I'm very familiar with. We are running out of time, uh, going to uh get out of here. Uh, I gotta get on another show here in a little bit, Spurs Up Show with. My guy Chris, that was on with us earlier this week. Don't forget, we're going to wrap up the week tomorrow with John Whittle in hour number one, Meredith Taylor in hour number two, and this has been our first full week here, uh, Phil. The show, uh, shoot, people are saying Phil hit a stride, and loving it, and we yeah, didn't yeah, have, right. yeah, we didn't have any um, any kind of uh, problems today. Rodney did chime in and want to sell Arkansas, uh, so.
1: And and you might be right there, Rodney. You might be right.
2: I keep going back and forth with them. I just, uh, you know, but I, I go back and forth with Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, everybody. I mean, it's kind of just a weird deal.
1: Right One of the scariest things about Arkansas and Tennessee, I mean, in Kentucky, are they're just so well coached.
2: Yeah, they <laughs> are.
1: Mean, they, they are just so sort of well coached.
2: They are well coached. And Clint to, to round out today's awesomeness on the Dana Sports Chat Line. He, he was talking about how you beat a team like Tennessee with your offense, uh, and and he said Spurrier beat Clemson that way. Yes, go look at the that was during the Chad Morris. Let's go super duper fast era. Super duper. I say super-duper. Super-duper super duper. Super duper. fast. That was during that era, and uh, what Spurrier do? You know that Carolina would have about forty minutes time of possession.
1: Okay, yeah, put points on the board and ball control.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, else, Steve Spur and play ball. control. Like, shoot, let's just hold on to the ball. I'm playing keep away, shoot, you know. All right, guys, thank you so much to our great, great audience. Uh, thank and you, our thank friends, uh, our friends out there. So, we will be back tomorrow. Like I said, John Little, Meredith Taylor. Joining us tomorrow uh, as we wrap up the first week of Inside the Gamecocks, the show, don't forget, you can always get this on podcast format. We'll have it up ASAP. with Phil Molinax is JC Sherbert. This has been the show.
3: Thanks for listening, everybody.